This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. A very good morning. We have a conversation about aviation because there have been long calls to decarbonize airline operations. And this week saw Singapore's answer as a plan was unveiled to begin requiring departing flights to use 1% sustainable aviation fuel at minimum by 2026 as part of its net zero emissions target by 2050. Meanwhile, the global aviation scene has seen as has seen an incomplete rebound despite this post-pandemic travel boom as systemic challenges of aircraft shortages and rising costs have forced a cut down in routes. So the International Air Transport Association forecasts profit margins of airlines worldwide to remain at 2.7%, well below most airlines' cost of capital. So... Back to the question about whether Singapore can maintain their leadership on fuel influence on the region's airlines and really, what is the best way forward for green aviation? Now, for some insights, we turn to Shantanu Gangaketka, aviation consultant at Frost and Sullivan. Good morning, Shantanu. Just first give us a sense, right? And let's talk about the macro numbers. How much have direct international flights shrunk after the pandemic? Sure. So, so there are multiple multiple factors as go, that go into this uh, shrinkage of direct flights that we speak, and both from a supply and demand perspective as well. And uh, this all began as you were just mentioning about um, after the pandemic, when uh, the recovery so, slowly started coming up in about la- one and a half, one one and a half year ago, where there were still some restrictions in there. And what happened was. Uh, when people started traveling, especially the leisure travel, because business was business travel was still down and is still uh, at least ten percent down. Uh, the the shorter regional routes uh, were the ones which started coming up sooner, and uh, so that's for how that the the shift the shift of demand moved, and that's why the airlines also started shifting their the fleet the uh, schedules the routes to that direction as well. And now continuing on today, there are certain uh, supply challenges as well, such as there is a shortage of manpower, including cabin crew, including pilots, as well as ground staff as well. Also, there are limitations. Also, it takes time for the new fleet to be added to the, an airline. And in that time, they are trying to maximize where whatever fleet they have, whatever manpower they have, to make sure to increase efficiency and optimize their operations. And when, when I say that, they want to make sure that they have minimum uh, costs linked to any efficiencies as well as increase the load factor as much as possible. So the trend, one trend we are noticing that an airline may reduce some of, sometimes the number of uh, flights to a certain uh, destination, but at the same time may see how they can increase the load factor for the same location, maybe as high as 90% as well in some cases. So that's that's the shift that we are observing in terms of uh, the, these long distance uh, flights mm. that we are talking about. So with that, who are the winners of, you know, in terms of being major aviation hubs for transit and those who actually have been sidelined in Southeast Asia? So uh, previously, before pandemic, uh, Hong Kong was one of the key hub as well. But because certain restrictions that was that were uh, persisting for a longer time, uh, it started losing out to uh, mainly Singapore in the region. And that has been clearly observed uh, in the region. Of course, because airlines want to see who are able to provide them the required resources, the required uh, efficiency that they want. So that is something that, uh, so Hong Kong was one which which couldn't, uh, which took time now as well as for it to come back to its original hub status. It will take some time for Hong Kong as well in that case. 
you talk about Hong Kong, but what about Malaysia, right? As an aviation hub, can it basically position itself as one? Uh, so for any uh, major uh, country uh, to become an airport hub, there are certain uh, support characteristics that it needs to provide to an airline. Uh, one of the most important which airlines look for is how, how efficient are ground support uh, operations because uh, they don't want to lose time, they don't want to lose cost. Uh, so that is one. Second is how advanced, how good are air traffic management uh, as well. Because the more, the better the, the better the advanced air traffic management is, you can have shorter distances between aircrafts. You can have better uh, route management so that you uh, have lesser time on the sky uh, before landing as well in terms of let's say waiting in times as well. Uh, so these are some of the aspects. Also, what many of these airport hubs need to do is uh, so airlines are their their customers. So they need to, on a regular basis, have a relationship with these airlines, make sure that they uh, they increase their share to that airport in terms of flights and schedules, as well as add new routes uh, to that airport as well. So that the, so some of these things need to keep happening on a regular basis to make sure that that, that airport becomes an airport hub or continues to be a uh, major airport hub for the region. Shantanu, doesn't it also depend on just being a place where people want to go to? A destination of choice. Uh, for hub airports, it's not only destination, but transiting is also very mm. important. Mm. So, uh, for example, uh, earlier the hub and spoke model for airlines used to be very uh, important. So you would have larger aircrafts coming to the uh, hub, and then uh, you passengers used to go, have used smaller aircrafts to go ahead to different destinations as well. So it's not always about the destination; it's always it's also about the transiting and how well that airport is connected to other smaller airports in that region as well. Now, just shifting to sustainability, uh, Singapore, you know, mm-hmm. just announced that 1% sustainable aviation fuel yeah. mandate on flights from 2026. Is that a realistic target? Uh, so, uh, it is a target because it's it's not the first country that's doing this. Uh, Europe last year uh, announced their mandate for SAF and their percentage is much higher than what we are seeing in Singapore. And so this, because this needs to come in. So few years ago, we used to all discuss that if mandates are not there, it's difficult for airlines to adopt SAF because there's a cost factor uh, linked to it and how will it impact the competition. So now mandates uh, are the are the way to go so that at least airlines, the industry starts adopting SAF. Mm. But the question is, uh, are, are we ready from a supply perspective of SAF? So what I can say is we are getting there. Uh, Singapore has one of the largest uh, SAF production plants out there. And uh, so there are multiple uh, innovations, there are initiatives being taken so that SAF production increases, the supply chain becomes better, efficient. And uh, so that's what, so I think the current percentage that has been uh, presented is achievable in my way, uh, yeah. guarantee at least. Of course, we have to keep increasing as we go ahead if we have to reach our 2050 target. But Shantanu, the Singapore model is very interesting, right? Because they're charging a fee and they're passing the cost straight to the consumer, right? Whereas in Europe, it's not so clear-cut, isn't it? Do you think consumers have the appetite for paying uh, these levies and fees then? Right. So, yeah. So, the, the model is slightly different in Europe. The airlines, it's on airlines' decision whether they want to keep it to themselves or they want to pass it to passengers. Here, in case, it's clearly to the passengers. Uh, of course, it will have an impact on an increase in flights. But uh, slowly going forward, once there are the mandates coming across the region, across the globe, every airline will have to adopt SAF. 
and no airline wants to uh, reduce their uh, the profits that make sure that uh, from the, they give they pay out for the SAP themselves. So in some cases, uh, you will see many airlines going forward passing on to at least some part of it to the passengers as well. So uh, I, that I think that will be a norm going forward. Do you see other countries in this region following Singapore's footsteps in terms of implementing a sustainable fuel target of 1% replacement? And is 1% just the beginning for most airlines, uh, for most countries though? Uh, so there would because there are multiple countries, even mm. Malaysia, Philippines, New Zealand, all of them have been aggressively working on uh, deploying SAP. They have done the tests, they have done uh, uh, multiple uh, studies on that. So all the countries are going the right direction. And sooner than later, uh, I see that many of the countries will have such mandates put in place. Now, the percentage is completely different for each country based on the demand that uh, that country has for it, the supply capabilities, the supply chain the players that are present in that so the percentage is very different but of course one to two three percent is something that usually uh what we are seeing across the globe uh that the mandates of the airlines are starting with just because the the industry for SAF the ecosystem is still getting there to support that percentage and Chaitanya, I guess the question here is, is SAF really the holy grail for aviation to decarbonize to net zero are there other ways to get there so SAF is not uh, the only holy grail. So SAF is one which is uh, comparatively easily readily deployable because a majority of aircraft engines uh, as well as the airport infrastructure can as it is <coughs> use SAF. But in case of other solutions which are also important such as hybrid aircraft, electric aircraft as well, which are still in uh, development, most many of them, uh, the technology is still getting there to support a longer distance flight with a higher number of passengers. Uh, in the meantime, SAF will be will be the main solution. Going forward, it will also be the large, uh, large-scale deployed solution. But there are other ways also that airlines are working and the industry is working on, which will also be supporting, such as I said, electric and hybrid aircraft and even hydrogen in some cases. All right, that was Shantanu Ganga Ketka, aviation consultant at Frost and Sullivan. I think unpacking how the aviation industry has performed post-pandemic and whole, how the shape of hubs as well. And we concluded the conversation all about how sustainable aviation fuel is a very important lever towards decarbonizing. We're going to take a break after next. Up, up next, we'll discuss efforts to bring the ringgit out of its doldrums. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.